Hello, and welcome to this special podcast introducing City of London Symphonia's performance of Bach's B Minor Mass at Southwark Cathedral on Saturday the 20th of December, the third and final programme in our Bach and the Cosmos programme. I'm Matthew Swan, Chief Executive of City of London Symphonia, and for this concert, also a member of the Epiphany Consort, the choir who are joining the orchestra for this performance. In this short podcast, Professor James Sparks is going to tell you a little bit about why Bach is such a mathematical, and for this piece, cosmological composer. And I'll tell you a little bit about the orchestra and the performers who are joining us. But first, the music. Why did Bach compose this monumental piece of music? And why does it fit in our theme of Bach and the Cosmos? On that first note, why did Bach write the piece? It's a bit of a mystery. To give some context, Bach only finished the work in 1749, the year before he died. As James Sparks will tell you shortly, most of the music wasn't new. Bach delved into his back catalogue and adapted previous pieces to new words. But far from lazy self-plagiarising, this was standard practice for the time. And what Bach has done is created a greatest hits album from his decades worth of music. The music is monumental, thrilling, and for the performers, superhumanly difficult. This is the Everest climb of classical music, even to the extent that the singers feel like they've been starved of oxygen by the end. But that's not the most remarkable thing about it. The really remarkable thing about it is why Bach wrote it at all. The B minor mass is, perhaps obviously, a religious work, and Bach was a church musician. So far, so logical. But Bach was a Lutheran church musician. There was no place in their services for an entire setting of the Catholic mass. So maybe he wrote it for a Catholic church somewhere else, or to be performed in a concert. But that theory makes no sense either. It's far too long to be used in any church service, Catholic, Lutheran or otherwise, and performing a religious work like this in concert would have been unthinkable at the time. Douglas Adams said that Beethoven tells you what it's like to be Beethoven, Mozart tells you what it's like to be human, but Bach, Bach tells you what it's like to be the universe. Maybe this gives us a clue as to what Bach was thinking when he wrote it. James Sparks explains more. As the 19th century French mathematician Henri Poincaré once said, mathematicians don't study pure mathematics because it's useful. They study it because they delight in it, and they delight in it because it's beautiful. Mathematicians have always been drawn to mathematical structures that are simple, natural and elegant to define, but which turn out to have a hidden depth and complexity. Uncovering these beautiful structures has kept countless mathematicians occupied for decades and in some cases even centuries. The 20th century British mathematician and philosopher Bertrand Russell called such mathematical beauty cold and austere, but I think many mathematicians derive as much pleasure from seeing a beautiful theorem, discovering an elegant proof, or the joy and excitement of making a new discovery as many people do from music. Although of course music is capable of invoking a much broader and deeper range of emotional responses than mathematics. And I think that's what attracts so many mathematically minded people to music, especially Bach's music. I think Bach's music shares many of the same aesthetics as beautiful mathematics. Bach would often start with a simple, elegant musical idea 
and from it systematically build a large and complex musical work. He did this using strict musical forms, such as canons and fugues, of which the B minor mass has some of the most intricate and beautiful examples in all of Bach's output. In these compositions, Bach takes his elegant starting pattern of notes and applies various musical maps to it. That is, maps which take the original pattern of notes to another pattern, changing it in some way, but also preserving its form. Examples of this used throughout the B minor mass include imitation, where the musical phrase is translated in pitch, inversion, where the musical phrase is turned upside down, and augmentation, where the notes of the phrase are kept the same, but each note is held for longer. The rich and intricate textures of his music result from applying these mathematical maps repeatedly in a very structured and ordered manner. This is a process that's part creation, part discovery. Having fixed a musical idea, the laws of harmony control how it can fit together using these different types of repetition. The skill of the composer is not only to discover the hidden music within a theme, but also to create the right theme in the first place. Mathematics and Bach's music especially have that sense of a combination of godlike freedom with a sense of inevitable destiny that Bertrand Russell described as characteristic of all great art. I think many of Bach's finest works are his fugues. The Credo of the B minor Mass is a stunning example of a seven-part fugue, five parts sung by the choir, with a further two taken by violins. All seven parts come in, one after the other, each with the same theme transformed by a musical map, and all obeying the very strict laws of a fugue. Bach was one of a very small number of composers that had the ability to write music as constrained and mathematical as this, but which is also beautiful as music. In fact, I think the additional structures in Bach's music add to its beauty and are what give his music that particular sense of being perfect. Bach liked to build symmetry and structure into his music in both different ways and also at different scales of the composition. There's probably no work in which this is more evident than the B minor mass. It has structure everywhere you look. It's dominated by the use of the number three, and also the number nine, which is of course three times three, much as he did in his other works, such as the Goldberg variations. In the B minor mass, the use of the number three can surely only be referring to the Trinity. In this monumental work, Bach includes every musical style he ever wrote, drawing from music throughout his entire life. It's as if at the end of his life when he wrote the mass, he wanted to put his entire universe into one piece. All musical forms and styles, all emotions, his entire life, all bound together with mathematical structures of every type, at every scale, in one enormous towering architecture. I think Douglas Adams was right. In the B minor mass, Bach does tell you what it's like to be the universe. So there you have it. Bach is telling you what it's like to be the universe, or to use another word, the cosmos. So which stars will be creating our cosmological ferment at Southwark Cathedral? Well, first and foremost is the wonderful Roderick, or Roddy Williams. Roddy has been the constant through our entire Bach and the Cosmos series. He is featured as soloist, choral director, curator, and even composer. 
And annoyingly for someone that talented, he is even a really nice guy. For this performance, we asked Roddy to put together a stellar group of singers, and he has certainly done that. He's joined by Charles Daniels, Robin Blaze, Joanne Lunn and Rowan Pierce as soloists, all great Bach singers. The Choir Epiphany is our chorus for the evening, who include in their number Roddy's brother Mark. Epiphany are becoming great friends of City of London Symphonia and share our approach to creating engaging, seriously informal and fun performances. The performance is conducted and cajoled into cosmological creation by the legendary John Butt. John is probably the leading Bach expert in the UK and we're thrilled to have his wit and outstanding musicianship with us for the first time. And of course, City of London Symphonia. Our musicians have had this concert marked as a red letter day in their schedules for a long time. Arguably Bach's greatest work with John Butt and soloists led by Roddy Williams. This is a great day at the office. And in the months leading up to this performance, these very same musicians have also taken Bach's music into hospices, care homes, brain injury survivor centres, and even the young people at Bethlehem and Wardsley School, who live with a huge range of psychiatric and mental health illnesses. Bach's music and our musicians have had an incredible beneficial effect on people in these places. And alongside Bach and the Cosmos this autumn, we have been celebrating 30 years of bringing music to people in these settings. We are very proud of this work and it continues to flourish with a growing focus on mental health. But tonight, we hope our performance has a great effect on your mental well-being. And we hope that you get a glimpse of Bach's universe, his cosmos. We want you to enjoy the performance in as relaxed a way as possible. So grab a cushion, grab a drink from the bar, or move around the cathedral exploring architecture and music at the same time, creating your own journey through Bach and the Cosmos. Don't forget to send us your thoughts and pictures at CityLDNSymphonia and hashtag Bach and the Cosmos. Enjoy your evening immersed in Bach's incredible music, and we hope to see you again soon.